This episode is brought to you by FX's The Veil, starring Elizabeth Moss. FX's The Veil is an international spy thriller that follows two women as they play a deadly game of truth and lies on the road from Istanbul to Paris and London. One woman has a secret, and the other has a mission to reveal it before thousands of lives are lost. FX's The Veil, now streaming, only on Hulu. This is the Main Attraction Podcast. Now, here are your hosts, Justin Strong and Ryan Nelson. Welcome to the Main Attraction Podcast, where we discuss the biggest television shows and movies in the entertainment industry. I am your host, Justin Strong. Joining me each week is the other host of the show, a guy I know who is so thrilled to talk, even if it was mentioned in just a passing glance, another cult, Ryan Nelson. Uh, Justin, I have started a GoFundMe for the rest of the cast of Stranger Things to please use Joe Carey's hairstylist. <laughs> they could all use it. They could definitely use it because Joe Carey has nice looking hair in this thing. He has great hair. A lot of them really bad, and I, we may need to talk about it. Yeah, well, we're going to talk about quite a bit of, oh, quite a bit of few, uh, things in this one. This one could be, end up being a long podcast, but we'll just have to kind of wait and see. So, If you've been listening to the podcast since we started it back in January, thank you for continuing to listen and making us a part of your day. If you're new to the show, we hope you enjoyed it as we talk about the first three episodes of the fourth season of Stranger Things on Netflix. If you are new or a regular and would like more access to the show, visit our Patreon page and become a patron of the Main Attraction Podcast. Go to patreon.com slash the Main Attraction Podcast and you can get Patreon-only content. You can support us at a $3, $5, 10 or $20 level. When you join up, we'll shout you out here on the show. If you can't be a patron, you can help out. You can help the show out by rating us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts and leave us a five-star rating. And if you have time, write us a review over on Apple Podcasts. If you do write us a review on Apple Podcasts, we'll read it on air next time we record. All right. We are discussing the first three episodes of Stranger Things, as I mentioned at the beginning of the show. So real quick, let's talk about the first three seasons. Uh, first season, general thoughts on your general thoughts on the first season of Stranger Things. Blew me away. Had no expectations. I saw everyone talking about it uh, when it came out, you know, and then uh, we started watching it that weekend and uh, it was a quick binge and I couldn't wait for the for the next seasons. Uh, it was it had that perfect mix of nostalgia, uh, horror, just uh, stand by me right. kind of vibes. And I was eating it all up. Yeah, I, I was saying it, it's kind of this it's. Stranger Things, that first season was kind of the the show that got me into streaming shows because I really hadn't watched a whole lot of them up until that point. Uh, so that was kind of like that was kind of my kicking off point for for really getting interested into streaming shows because uh, I really hadn't really seen a whole lot outside of that. But uh, so like I said, just absolutely loved it myself. Uh, second season, what were your thoughts? Uh, and I'll be honest, I'm trying to remember. I remember enjoying the second season. I, I, I do feel like it had taken it just wasn't as strong as the first season. Yeah. It, but, I, but, I, I'm with you on that. But it, that was going to be hard to do, but I just remember being excited. It was back and still enjoying it. Yeah. Uh, it, I was the same way. It was 
as I like to tell people, it's more, it was far, far, far more of a slow burn than the rest of the seasons. Uh, it's then it, really than so far. I mean, obviously we only had two seasons at that point, but it took a while to develop where it was going and to get where it was going. But once it did, I thought the payoff was, was really good. Uh, but it took a while to get there. And, but once we got there, I thought it was really good. Obviously the, the big thing was, this is when, Bob died. <laughs> that was the kind yeah, of yeah. that was the big thing that got everybody kind of up in their feelings and stuff like that. So, and um, then and then the Steve and Dustin broke yeah. started. That's when Star was in, it was in that season. So, uh, like I said, it was a good it was a good, uh, but it it wasn't quite the same as season one, in my opinion. So, uh, season three. What were your general thoughts? I remember thinking season three was 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 again. I don't know if anything will touch that first season. Uh, but I remember thinking season three is really good. And, mm-hmm. you know, it was, it was ha- sad to see what happened to Hopper. And then uh, I feel like wasn't season three, the, the season that Billy really took over. Yeah, it was. Mm-hmm. That yeah, was so he, he was great. I remember mm-hmm. him being great. Yeah, I actually liked season three more than season one. I thought season three was just absolutely phenomenal. Uh, maybe it was just because the fact that I was season two wasn't quite as good in my opinion. So getting back to what was just absolutely amazing about season one, maybe that's the reason why I like season three so much. But I, I like I said, I was I really enjoyed season three. I thought it was I thought it was absolutely fantastic. So uh, that's where I kind of was on all three. That's where you were. So before we start this, the one thing that just has to be talked about and this is part of the covid is playing a role here in this yeah uh we're going the actors and actresses they are much older than they are than the characters that they are playing now so here we're gonna play a little game i am going to ask you each of the characters each of their names and i want to ask you how old you think they are in real life because they're all the these the the main like five or six like the ones that are like part of the the game the four boys and then the two girls that are added on L and Max they're all supposed to be freshmen in high school yeah uh, the other kids that are in it they're also be like either seniors in college or just having or seniors in high school or having just graduated high school so let's start with Millie Bobby Brown how old do you think she is well sadly because of a lot of creeps on Twitter <laughs> I know how old she is because they celebrated earlier this year when she turned 18 ah okay i didn't think about that yet but you're right she is 18 she was her 18th birthday was back in february so she is 18 and she's supposed to be portraying a 15 year old or 14 maybe 15 year old i guess it's later in spring break so it's possible she could be 15 uh how on a rate of one to ten how would you rate her actually looking like a 15 year old I, i think she could pull it off yeah, I think she can't kind of can too. I think uh, if I were giving her, uh, if if I were to rate how she is, I'd say they've got her probably about an eight as a fifteen year old. Yeah, yeah. All right. Next is Finn Wolfhard, who plays Mike Wheeler. How old do you think he is? I believe he's like twenty. Yes, you are correct. He is right. And, at, well, actually, he will be twenty in December, so he's okay. still nineteen. Mm-hmm. But the problem with him is he's now like six foot five. Well, that's the thing. I mean, he, he's actually only 5'10". If you, if you look up his... Is he his, really? Yeah, at least that's what he's listed as. Whenever, if you look he up... He is his, towering over... In that basketball scene, he's towering everyone in that gym. Now, it's possible that everything I have looked up has not updated his, his height. <laughs> so yeah. that's, that's quite possible. Uh, but if you go by what... 
like if you go and go to in like IMDb and all this type of stuff and you look up his height, they will tell you he's 5'10. Uh, so I like to, I don't know if that's still the case or not, but yeah, that's what he's listed as. So, uh, but I guess, but what is if you were rate on one to 10, where would you give him as looking like a 15 year old? Four, three or four. Yeah, he actually has a baby face. Yeah, he does, but he he looks he. It almost looks like a grown man now. Yeah, he really does. He, he looks a lot like a grown man. All right. So uh, next is Dustin Hendrickson, played by Gatton Matarazzo. I think that's how you pronounce his name. How old do you think he is? I bet he's 20 or 21. He will be 20 in September. So you're pretty close to that. All right. So scale of one to 10, how much does he look like he's 15? <laughs> he three or four at the most he, he he looks like a man though yeah he got he really does he he's about a four or five i, I can when they got him in the hat that kind of yeah. disguises a little bit but it's yeah. it's it's not disguising it a whole lot yeah. Yeah. all right uh caleb mclaughlin plays lucas sinclair uh how old do you think he is i think he's 21 uh, and you are he'll be 21 in october so you're you're, okay. you're you're close so he'll turn 21 this year uh one to ten how much does he look like a 15 year old two or three yeah he, say, he looks he, the most he like looks a, the least like yeah. a 15 year old yeah. i mean he yeah. looks like a man <laughs> yeah yeah he's not pulling it off no they're they're not i mean there's not much much they can do to make that make that that gentleman look like a 15 year old uh all right so let's go to the next one uh sadie sink plays max mayfield uh she is the character they introduced in season two with billy uh how old do you think max mayfield is i think i looked her up she's like 20 all right uh she is i think she's right let me look if i had it up and i just lost it yeah she'll she turned 20 in april so you're correct on that scale of one to ten how much does she look like a 15 year old Unfortunately for her, ten, and she's yeah. gonna look. She's gonna be playing a high schooler for a long time. Yeah, she she looks like a fifteen year old. I mean, she's yeah. the she looks the youngest of of all of these. She kids. does, she does. So uh, I I would say I'm I'm right there with you. She looks she's she's they're really making. I mean, she they don't have to do much to make her look like a fifteen year old, but they're what little they have to do. They're doing a really good job with it. All right, now the problem that the biggest issue we have here is not necessarily these kids because you know. Seven. Oh, we, I forgot one. I forgot. Um, yeah, Noah Shap. Noah Shap. How old do you think he is? I think he's seventeen. Yes, you're correct. He is seventeen. He, if he didn't have that dumb bowl cut, <laughs> if he had just a normal haircut, he would look like a fifteen year old. Yeah, he would. I think. But the way they cut his hair, just oh, it's horrible. And honestly, like the way they're dressing him, they're trying to. Uh, they're trying to dress him the way like a 15 year old, but it almost because he is tall and because of the, of his yeah. haircut and everything else, it, it makes it look like he's just an adult who doesn't know how to dress himself. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So that's kind of the problem that they have with him. All right. Now the issue is, you know, those kids, you know, 17 to 20 years old, you can kind of see them as 15 year olds. The problem you have is with the other ones that are supposed to be like seniors in high school, seniors in college or, or just out of high school. Uh, that is like the people. Let's start with Steve, who play who he, played by he's Joe thirty. Jerry. Yeah, he's thirty, and he's supposed to be playing like a nineteen-year-old. So yeah. uh, now he old, could pull off. He could pull off someone in their mid to early twenties. Yeah, I could see him like at twenty-two. 
Yeah, yeah. 19? No, no, no. no I, don't, I don't really see that. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, let's see. Who's next? Uh, we've got uh, Natalia Dyer, who plays Nancy. Uh, well, how old do you think Natalia is? I think she's like 26. All right. So she's born in 95. So January 95. So she's 27. Okay. And she's playing a senior in high school. On a scale of 110, how are you giving her? Uh, <laughs> one or two. <laughs> yeah, she doesn't look like. I mean, she, she no. She looks like she looks twenty two at the at the youngest as well. Yeah, I know she's kind of got that same issue going on as yeah. well. So, uh, let's see. And the only other one is Charlie Heaton, who plays Jonathan. Uh, how old do you think Charlie is? Uh, I believe he's twenty eight, and he looks thirty eight. Yeah, <laughs> you're right. He looks much older than he actually is. Yeah, he did. yeah. Yeah, you're you're correct about that. But yeah, he's 28 years old, and he, and he like is he's about 40. Another just awful haircut. Yeah, I think the haircuts are trying. They're trying to use those to make them to make them look younger, and I think it's having the reverse effect. It it, it really is, and also like the bowl cut wasn't until the 90s. Like, why are we doing that? In the I, 80s? I, I don't know. I honestly do not know. So but, because uh, what's annoying too, and I'm just going to mention the haircuts. So the kid, Jason. There were a lot of kids, like I was, this is 1986, I was 10 years yeah, old. Right. There were just a lot of high school kids that just had a short haircut. None right. of them have it except him. Yeah, you're, you're right. <laughs> I mean, that's, it's like, I don't know. I mean, it's just one of those things. It's, it's, it's but, difficult with the situ- with the, with yeah. the circumstances they're dealing with. When they started this show, they never expected to have basically a three-year break where they couldn't film and these kids would all end up growing up. Because I mean, when they started this, I mean, they were, you kind of figured they'd be a little bit older by the time they got done finishing what their actual ages were. But they, like I said, they weren't expecting a three year break when they were all just going to grow up and become adults for the most part. So, right, right. And and that's why you wonder why they only only moved six months in the future. And also, thank God they're filming, they filmed four and five together. Yeah, I know. So that's going to, that's going to kind of help a little bit. So I'm assuming yeah. that it'll only be like a year or so in the future. I don't know. We'll see. Maybe, maybe something happens at the end of episode nine of the season that moves it like 10 years in the future. I don't yeah. know. And, the, and they all kind of look like their actual age. It wouldn't surprise me if they do. That just kind of yeah. make up for this. So, uh, all right. So let's go ahead and get into actual the, the show itself because it, we need to address that just because it's just, it's the elephant in the room I and mean, you yeah, can't watch this show and, you know, think about these are supposed to be high school, you know, freshmen in high school and they don't look like freshmen in high school, except for Max. Kind of. Yeah. Us, but, yeah. Uh, so premise of this, uh, well, uh, let's just talk about episode one for the most part, because episode one of Stranger Things seems to always follow the same pattern where basically they establish what's going to happen without you know we don't get we we kind of get catch up we we learn where all the characters currently are what they're dealing with all this type of stuff before we get any of the supernatural stuff but the the entire season starts though with this creepy flashback to 1979 the year i was born so uh, you know shout out to 1979 uh but uh creepy flashback where uh matthew modine's character what was his name i can't remember his name uh dr uh Brenner. Yeah, Dr. Yeah, Dr. Brenner. Brenner. Dr. Brenner is interviewing, I think it was number six, if I remember correctly. That uh, right. Or number eight or something. I can't remember which one he was interviewing, but he's interviewing one of the other kids that they're experimenting on. And they're doing this whole, you know, telekinesis thing or whatever it's called. And he says, uh, what 
No, he said like uh, he was looking, wanting to know where this other doctor was. And he says, number six is crying. And all of a sudden we, we get to this room and 11 who this was actual, they de-aged Millie uh, Bobby Brown for this scene. They, they de-aged her and we see this scene where she has slaughtered a number of people in the laboratory or whatever it is you want to call it. And you see Dr. Brenner saying, what have you done? What have you done? They're obviously setting up and reminding us what Eleven can be because of what's going to come, at least in these first three episodes. So what did you think of the this opening episode, this opening scene? Yeah, I liked it. Like you said, we needed that reminder. Like Eleven is very powerful. Yes. And uh, don't forget that. Right. Don't forget that she's very powerful. And if you... And she doesn't understand how to interact with people because that's not one of the things that they are working with her on. Yeah. And you got to kind of keep that in your back of your mind when, when you're talking about 11. So now the thing is when we last left 11 at the end of season three, she didn't have her powers, but, and this is obviously, you know, a thing that she's having to deal with, but we get this, this monologue from 11 that she's writing this letter to Mike. And she's explaining everything that she's going through. And she's obviously lying as she's writing it because they're showing us what she's actually going through. She's talking about all these friends she's made. Yeah. About how she's enjoying it. And it is quite obvious that she is, excuse me, she is not making friends and she is not having a good time in California. Like I said, just this, whatever you're thinking about 11, do, are you, what are you thinking about this when you first, when we first see 11 again, what were your thoughts? Uh, you know, it was, it's just sad to see, you know, that people dealing with that kind of stuff. This is the one thing that I'll say about the show. When you're the age that they were, when you're elementary school, like it's fun, the stuff they're dealing with, just watching more high school kids get bullied is just like, right. I mean, that's, that's the problem with when, when these kids get older, because right. I'm like, I, I hate to watch it. Yeah. Yeah. I know it's the difficult part. And look, I don't want people to misunderstand me. Look, this type of bullying takes place. It is very real. This type of bullying that kids do, it is very real. Uh, but it seems like they overemphasize it in the show. Uh, I don't yeah, know. I would say that. Yeah, I agree with you. Yeah. Because I know they're trying to make a point about just how difficult it is for, for these kids to be, you know, the self-proclaimed nerds and geeks and stuff that they are. And they're really doing their best to try to hammer that point home. And like I said, it seems like they just really overemphasize and go over the top of bullying. Like, because think to, I guess it was episode three where, or episode two, I can't remember, whichever one the skating rink scene was in when she ends up having the milkshakes and stuff thrown her on her. Look, I don't, I remember skating rinks from the eighties and the owners, the managers, you know, they were, because the fact that they, their establishments were full of kids, they were on top of everything. I mean, you could, yeah, you're right about that. And, you know, us, uh, the owner or manager of this skating rink is not going to let this girl get put out on the floor and actually get bullied over the intercom. And that's what the, the kid yeah. was doing in the DJ booth. That's not going to happen. 100% with you. There, there's no way. And I'll tell you another thing. And, and this was in the first episode where Lucas scores the winning basket and the radio announcer refers to him as a bench warmer. Right, that's not going to happen. Like, no, I would tell my wife, it's like, that would never happen. No, that would never like, happen. Well, it was like, why wouldn't it? It was like, because that's an insult. It's an insult. It's a, you it's would a never, insult. You would never call that 
you know, the kid, even though, even though he hasn't played, you would, you would call him a role player. Right. Or, or you, a kid getting his opportunity. Exactly. Get opportunity. No announcer, even on local radio, would call someone a bench warmer. Right. You, you wouldn't. So, you, you absolutely would not. Now, one of the things that was very much talked about before we came into this season was the run times on these shows, because basically they're all, except for one, an hour and 10, hour and 15, hour and 20 minutes long. The episode three, I think, is the shortest of, of the bunch so far. And everybody was kind of skeptical about that. But I will say this, as much story as they're telling, because there's three real big storylines they're following in this. I think it's I think it's working in terms of storytelling purposes, because you got three main storylines. You've got what everything that will and... Uh, everything that Will and Eleven are going through out in California. And you kind of got the subplot between, you know, Jonathan and there's a subplot there with Jonathan and Nancy, you know, about yeah. their issues as well, being so far apart. Uh, but you've got the other big uh, storyline is Hopper and trying to get him back from Russia. So they got that big, huge storyline going. But obviously the one I think that's probably getting the most attention, the one that people care the most about, though, is the stuff that's going on back in Hawkins with Vecna and all this type of stuff. So there's a lot going on. Are you, do you think they're juggling these three, these three things pretty well? I, I, I do. I do. Because I do think the, the episodes move. There's, there's some fluff they could have cut. Yeah, I mean, there is. But... but I will say they didn't feel like they were that long and no, they, they moved pretty good. Now I will say I wrote down there are way too many characters and storylines. And when you have, you know, this is a story about a group of friends and they have not been together once. Right. And, you know, when you're breaking up them, they're, they're, I, I kind of feel like there's too many storylines. And now we're adding characters, which, you know, if they're going to add someone like Eddie, I'm all for, right. to be honest. <laughs> but, but, uh, but, you know, and, and Argyle, too. He was a yeah, great. Yeah, Argyle's person. great. Uh, but both of those. But, you know, there, there's a lot there. But I could, it, you know, if you're going to have all these different storylines, you need an hour and 15. You really do. I mean, you've got so much going on in all three of these episodes, and it can be a little difficult at times to follow along. And the, the issue I think you have is just trying to make people care about all the storylines as much. And I think that's the yeah. biggest problem, because like I said, the one I care about the most is the stuff going on in Hawkins. You know, yeah. uh, I still want to know what's happening to Hopper, obviously. I want them to get him back. Yeah, I was, I, I was going to say, missing Hopper is is a big because right. David Harbour was just like really the breakout is with the kids, right. you know, from the from the get go. And, uh, you know, we're getting a decent amount of him, but we're not getting the character that we that made us love this guy. Yeah. So that I, I do hate that. I hope this gets wrapped up this four season. So on five, he's back. He's back in Hawkins. Yeah, that's, that's kind of my, my hope as well. But I'm hoping they get him back there or at least like I said, I have not seen any of the episodes beyond the first three episodes i'm hoping maybe around seven eight or nine that they can get him back to obviously we don't have eight or nine yet but yeah uh we will get him back some point before the season is over so at least that's my hope as well uh but, but yeah. i do like uh the addition of murray brett gelman who is hilarious yes mm -hmm. as a full-time the the him and joy stuff are just and when you know i love I've loved Winona Ryder since right. 1988. So, <laughs> exactly. I mean, uh, so, you know, I'm always happy to see her. And so, like, the, the Joyce Murray stuff is just hysterical and, and needed in the show. 
Yeah, it is because look, there's a lot. Of, there are some funny moments in this. They they give a lot more of those funny moments as well. So, uh, so like I said, this first episode we really get an idea of what's going on. We get an idea of the new characters because we get some new characters. We get Jason, who is the prep basketball player, uh, the the popular kid on campus, and all this type of stuff. Uh, we get his girlfriend Chrissy, who we don't meet for very long. No, uh, no. We get Fred, who is Nancy's like editor in chief at the paper, who we also don't. I, like, I, I liked Fred though. I, I was, I I was kind of sad to see him go. And he, I don't know the actor playing Fred. I was trying to find it. Um, so uh, Logan Raleigh Bruner. He was he was good. Uh, how old is he? I don't know. He looked, I, couldn't, I, I couldn't. He looks like he's like sixteen or seventeen. <laughs> I was about to say. Now uh, Jason's like twenty eight. I look. Yeah, he up, looks old. Uh, uh, and so let's all look up Logan, but yeah, I would agree with you. He looked, he looked age appropriate. Yeah, he did. But, but and it, maybe it's just because he was standing next to Nancy who does not look age appropriate. Yeah. That's, that's one reason yeah. why. All right. So let me see. I'm trying to think. All right. Where was I going with that? So we meet all these new characters, but the one I think that we all love the most is Eddie. <laughs> yes. Eddie was fantastic. When we, when we get him and we're introduced to him, uh, just an absolute fun character to watch. I, I love watching him on screen. He was, it was so disappointing that his scene time went down like in the second or third episode. I yeah. was like, cause I'll, I'll be honest. He was running away with Tyrion Lannister. Yeah, he was, he was running away for a while there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I was just like, Oh man. But uh, yeah, that his first, like the, the speech he gives to the, to the teachers and everybody in the cafeteria cafeteria. Mm -hmm. because i was like because at first when i was like oh this guy's gonna be annoying but i was like nope he's awesome right yeah i kind of thought the same thing as well you know and it's interesting because the way we're introduced to eddie is he's reading this article from i guess it was newsweek if i remember correctly uh, about like the satanic panic and this is a thing that was so if if you're this is legitimate yeah if you're not like you know, 35 or older, you you may not even know what this is. And you, you may have to be a little bit younger, maybe a little older than that. But in the 80s, there was this big push and Dungeons and Dragons was a big part of it was the satanic panic. I mean, if you look, I, I live in a suburb of Memphis, Tennessee, and to the west of us is a town called West Memphis, Arkansas. Oh, yeah. The West Memphis Three, if you're not sure what I'm talking about, go Google them. I mean, the reason they end up getting put in jail wrongly convicted for years upon years upon years is because people freaked out about black shirts and heavy metal music and dungeons and dragons and that's the reason and that's what ends up really getting put on trial and that's what they end up getting convicted is because they were into all this stuff and everybody thought that that means that they were satanic worshipers and they wanted to kill people and do human sacrifices so this is a very real thing that is actually that they're tackling in this and well it, it really started in the 70s when people were listening to kiss and for some reason yeah mm-hmm. which those guys are jewish uh, and one of them's christian so, right you know they're they're not at all but, but it's but the way they it's dress a, yeah and the yeah, tongue yeah. coming out and right so everyone said they were so but like you said that when and, and this legitimately happened with D. and then like you said the west memphis three you know they were wearing metallica shirts in 87 it was like oh they're satanists you know it's just crazy <laughs> Yeah, it really is. I mean, so like I said, the, the way they introduce him, I think, is very appropriate and very, you know, really tying in 
something that was going on in the 80s because that's the one thing that the show has always done well is they have always gotten the 80s down pretty well in in the course of their seasons and i think that is just one more way in which they go about getting the 80s done correctly in this particular season and not when it's taking place in 1986 so uh but obviously you know one thing's also liked about about eddie is you know we're introduced to this big huge loud huge personality but a little bit later on in the episode when he's meeting chrissy in the forest or the woods or whatever it is to sell her drugs because she's because she's obviously being tortured by something we don't know what it is at the time we won't eventually find out what it is but we don't know what it is at the time this something is seems to be haunting her and she's hoping that drugs will make it go away so that's the reason she's trying to get uh, score some marijuana from eddie and when he's telling her you know how much he can get her and all this type of stuff she asks for something stronger but one of the things i like about that is you can tell that he's kind of got this little crush on her yeah and you know it's just this whole his guard is down a little bit he doesn't have that big huge personality on display so we get a little bit of a different a different look from him when he's dealing with chrissy even trying to get her drugs yeah, it was it was a nice touch. Like you said, he was toned down and he was sweet and he was trying to like, hey, we know we actually know each other. You know, exactly. Remember. And then, they, you know, I think it was like they met on a play or in a play or something like that. And he acts That's- it out. So like uh, just this makes you love this character even more yeah. than you already did when you first see him get that, that big huge speech in in the cafeteria. Yeah, I agree with you. Agree with you. He, he was great. All right, so one of the interesting things about this season is what they have done with Lucas, uh, because Lucas is on the basketball team, and he obviously, you know, even though he's not playing, he's he's a freshman. And, you know, it makes sense. He's a freshman. He, you wouldn't yeah. expect him to play very much, but he's on the basketball team, and he's in a difficult spot because he wants to be with his friends because you know that that's the people he's been with his entire life but he also sees this opportunity being on the basketball team how he could be popular and when you're in high school that's what you want to be you want to be with popular kids you want to be in the popular crowd and he sees it as this opportunity and he also knows that he could bring them along but his friends you know they're not real big on this idea of coming along no. uh, you know what were or, I guess what were you thinking when you were watching Lucas and his interaction as with the basketball team and this whole this whole this whole quest for popularity? Well, it gave me PTSD because I had a friend do this to us in like ninth grade. So, like oh, really? I knew, yeah, yeah. So, uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I was like, oh, I've I've, heard, I've had this conversation said to me, uh, you know. But uh, yeah, I was just like, okay, this is a normal high school storyline, especially when you're right. talking about guys that are geeks and then one guy happens to be an athlete so you know i I would say it's a typical uh you know high school type storyline but i think they handled it well um you know yeah and and i I like how the other guys are like hey and 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 this is good that this is what the show does well because like dustin and mike are like hey we're good where we are we're happy right exactly you know max too we're we're the cool ones y'all aren't Exactly. I like that too. I like the fact that they, you know, they're, they're perfectly fine with where they with where yeah. they are and what they want to be. And obviously though, there's been some tension between Lucas and Max because they have not broken up. They're no longer a couple. And my guess is this has something to do with the fact that his, of his newfound 
potential popularity at the very least, uh, even though I don't really say, but we're also at the same time though, we're learning about Max and you can tell she has some issues. She goes and she talks to the counselor and on the way to the counselor, she sees Chrissy coming out from the counselor's office and you can tell Chrissy's dealing with some stuff. Uh, but it's important to this story just because of the, of the role that trauma plays in the development of the plot for this, this season. So uh, she's going through some stuff, you know, and all it deals with Billy and the fact that she saw her brother uh, get killed at the end of the third season in a very violent method, to say yeah. the least, uh, you know, and she wants to talk about it, but just the circumstances that surround his death, it obviously makes it almost impossible for her to talk about, it. even if it is to the school counselor, who's not supposed to say anything, because if you start telling about these huge spider demon things that killed your brother it's probably going to get you put in a mental institution so you know she's in a tough spot because she's dealing with all this stuff but she doesn't really know who she can go to yeah and let me shout out sadie sink because before this for this season i enjoyed her character i I thought she was a welcome addition but man i'm gonna say I, and I'm, I may have watched an episode or two more than you. She may be the best actor of the young kids. Yeah, she might She be. is really good. You know, and speaking of acting, you know, there are some, the performances, well, let's go ahead and talk about that. Because we talked about this when we were talking about uh, Obi-Wan when we recorded that for our earlier episode this week. You mentioned brought up first, and I'll let you kind of take the lead on this. Uh, what are your thoughts on the acting performances so far? You know, there's some of the children, I don't, you know, I was saying that, you know, I felt bad, we were bad mouth hating Christians and, uh, you know, back in the day. And so I don't want to do that too much here because they're young, but I, I, I definitely think some of them were better when they were younger. Right. And, and as the age, and the age, what they're dealing with has not helped them. Yeah. And part of the problem is, and this is what I was talking about a little bit in when we we're talking about Obi-Wan and talking about Hayden Christensen, you know, you got a couple of these kids who are 19, 20 years old trying to portray a 15 year old. And right, that's, that's a problem too. It's a difficult thing to do. I mean, you can make people look younger. You can make them look older, but it's really difficult to get that, that personality, that tone to get that down for somebody who is a teenager versus somebody who is an adult, because it's just right. a completely different. I mean, your body is completely different. It's going to portray different things different. So it's, it's hard to really, judge and criticize uh look i think Millie bobby brown has always done a really good job and i think yeah i do too a really good job i mean but she's also she's playing a 15 year old but she's also playing a character without any real social training without any real uh idea of how society works so she's not playing the same type of 15 year old that the rest of them are playing it, that, and that is a very good point and these you know they're having to deal with some more dramatic stuff because it's high school Right. So that's kind of making it harder for them. And I mean, like, let's just talk. Joe Keery, he, he is a talented actor. Yes, he, if, mm-hmm. if he would, I guarantee you, if he was 20, he, you, he would stand out because he yeah, has he charisma, would. you know. So like, you know, some of these kids aren't him. Uh, right. But I will say, you know, Gaten Dustin is pretty is pretty yeah, good. He, I, I enjoy him every he, time he, he's on he, screen. Yeah, you know, so I, I definitely think, you know, he has charisma. You know, he has obviously some some issues, but like physically. Right. But uh but but he he has a charisma about him that yeah, like you said, every time he's on screen, you're happy to see it. 
Yeah, you are. And that's not necessarily the case for all. I'm like, look, I think Finn Wolfhard has decent acting chops, but I think he's in a really tough, tough spot being where yeah, he, he is. is. I, think, I think he's having the hardest time portraying a 15 year old. And I think that's, that's a difficulty for him. Uh, I kind of think the same thing for the uh, Noah snap who's playing will. I mean, uh, he's having a yeah. hard time playing a 15 year old. And he, I, he is the, he is the worst role too. Yes, he does. He has the worst role. I mean, He's got because I mean the first two seasons of this were just awful for his character. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so I mean he's still. I mean that's kind of one thing I wish that they maybe they do later on in some of these seasons. I mean after the first two seasons were just absolutely awful to him, and then it's kind of like they don't really mention it or bring it back up again. And at least what I've seen so far in this season, maybe they do it later yeah. on in the season. But I mean it's like okay, yeah, you just almost you were you were brought to this underworld thing and right. you were almost killed and you had this demon living inside of you and uh but hey we're, we're not really gonna talk about that much anymore so uh, like i said he, he's got a, a weird character and that his character arc i don't think has been probably i don't think it's been talked about as much as it probably should be so uh but i also think lucas is kind of the same that same uh the, the actor playing yeah. lucas i think he's really struggling to pull off a 15 year old uh, uh I, I would agree yeah uh, now the, the older kids, uh, the kids, the, the ones playing Robin. Uh, oh, I was going to say Maya Hawk is now. Granted, she's from acting royalty, but you know she has she has career. Who's, who's her parents? Oh, she's uh, Ethan Hawk and Uma is she? Uh, child. I did not know that. Okay, well, yeah. that makes Hawk obviously. Duh. <laughs> yeah. Okay, but yeah, she's yeah. So that makes sense. The reason but, why she's she is, so well. she, she's really good. Yeah, she is. She's great. Uh, I, I, Natalia Dyer, I think, does a really good job. I think she's her. good. I think she's yeah. yeah. Uh, I don't. I, I Charlie Heaton is. I, I just. I don't know if it's. I, I think the buyer kids have the worst roles too. They I think do. He's, I think you're right. I, and it, it may not be him. I think it may be the role. But. It could be, and it's, that's kind of hard to judge and really critique their roles because they they yeah. do kind of have the worst ones. So, uh, but like I said, just. <laughs> I like the story. I like what they're doing in, in this season, especially in this first episode, how they're really portraying everything. Uh, and we don't really know, understand what's going on, but I love the fact that they are, when the Dungeons and Dragon game is going on, you have the basketball game going on simultaneously yeah. and you've got that dynamic going, but it's also, you know, you feel bad for, for Lucas because he hits the game-winning shot. He hasn't played all year. He's been sitting on the bench. He hits the game-winning shot. And look, the basketball stuff is crap. If you're on our Patreon, we talk about the reason why you don't see a whole lot of sports movies and television shows because it's hard to do sports well on the screen. And this, this basketball game is not done very well. Yeah. Uh, but nevertheless, uh, he hits the game-winning shot. And, you know, none of his friends, though, were there to celebrate with him. Uh, so he ends up going with the basketball team. But at the same time, you have his 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 little sister who has joined the Hellfire. Incredible. Incredible. Yeah, I love her. Really good stuff from her. We really haven't gotten much of her. We, we haven't really got much of her in this season, except for that one episode for the yeah, most part. Every time I see her, I'm like, I want more. Yes, exactly. We need to get more of her. But she lands the winning blow in the Dungeons and Dragons game. So you have all these... Uh, competing things and it's just a really great scene to watch those things go, and, go together and her and her and eddie have a moment it's just beautiful 
Yes, it was. That was funny because, you know, he, he has he, he is now has this newfound respect for this middle schooler that he never really thought he'd have <laughs> respect, yeah. uh, respect for. So uh, but obviously the big climax for this entire for the entire first episode is Chrissy goes to Eddie's trailer uh, in the trailer park because she wants to get something stronger instead of just the marijuana to deal with everything that she's dealing with. And when Eddie can't find, I guess she said special K, which I'm pretty sure is ketamine. Uh, when he's looking for the ketamine, he can't find it. So he goes back in his room and that's when she's taken into this trance by Vecna, which we, they give him the name of Vecna. Uh, but he's taking she's taking this trance. And this is when the Nightmare on Elm Street vibes come out. Uh, yeah, you're right about that. Because, you know, everything that Freddy Krueger does, he does it to you in your sleep. Uh, and Vecna kind of puts them in, puts his victims into this trance. And he ends up taking their eyes, which we're going to, I'm guessing they're going to kind of explain in a real world way. Because they, they talk about the guy who's in the mental institution uh, who uh, his, had his entire family died and they all their eyes yeah. are missing. I said, I think that will be explored more later on in the, in the season. I don't know yet. Uh, if you've watched the whole seven episodes, then you probably know exactly whether or not how much they're going to explore that, but I have not. So, uh, but she loses her eyes and her body is twisted and the bones are broken and she's thrown up to the ceiling and Eddie is freaking out, obviously, which I would do. Uh, Absolutely. Uh, and that's kind of where the episode ends is with, with her death. And, you know, we end with that. And episode two is all kind of the aftermath of this. So uh, the police come in and they're investigating and, you know, the police cue in on Eddie, but, you also kind of know that it's you get the sense from the police that they realize that this probably isn't it, even though that we're going to talk to him the most and want to go after him the most because right. a human can't do what they're looking at. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So they call in for the, the federal authorities and the federal authorities are listening as they always are, uh, but they're listening and they go to uh, Paul. Uh, what's his name? Uh, Paul uh, Reiser's character. What's yeah. His name? Dr. Sam Owens. Dr. Dr. Sam, Sam Owens. Owens. So they are the, the federal government. They're, they're thinking that the person who's responsible for this is 11 because they know that she's had some issues. So they go to her. They go to him to try to track her down because they think that uh, he knows where she is. You know, they don't really come out and say that at, the, at during the, at this point in time, but they yeah, obviously really later on yeah. that, that he does. Uh, but, you know, I wasn't really sure where they were going with this. I didn't know if they would find any evidence that would give it to him that yeah. he would know that it would lead them to, would lead them to her. But honestly, you know, I would think the government would be able to find her. I mean, she's using Jane Hopper, you know, Hopper was the last person that she was. With. I was going to say the same thing. If, I mean, if this was her hiding, she did a horrible job. She's with the buyers. Right, which they kept their same names. It's not they like kept saying like you said, she's using the name Hopper. They're calling people in Hawkins. Yeah. So if they're tapping the people in Hawkins' phone, how have they not found these people? Yeah, I know. So that's, that's like I said, that's a bit of a nitpick at this point. And why is she go? Why is she going to school now that we talk? About it, that's a, that's another good point. She probably shouldn't even be. So none of them should be in school. They should all be in yeah, school at this yeah, point. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, but. Like I said, so they go to him and he doesn't give up any information. And, you know, they lay out the fact that they're going to follow him because they think if, or they're going to track him because if they track him, then the, the, he will likely lead them to her. Uh, but Mike ends up showing up in 
in California. And this is when we start to really see, you know, the they start to flesh out a little bit of that scene in the third season about the possibility of Will's sexuality. Is he gay? Is he not gay? Because Will has like drawn this picture for Mike. And he's really disappointed that Mike hasn't really called and talked to him a lot because he's wrote, written all these letters to Eleven, but they barely talked. And you can tell that he's disappointed and that there's something there. Uh, are, are we okay with them going down this road for, for Will? Uh, I, we'll just have to wait and see. I, I, I think it's fine so far. You know, yeah. he really, you know, they the way they acted the other seasons, like when, when he started, when Mike started dating Eleven, he was right. upset. Because he's used to being with Mike. Mike, I mean, uh, Will is used to being with Mike all the time. Right. And then also, let's not forget, Will was taken for like almost a year. Yeah, he was. <laughs> so let's just say he is a little stunted growth. It's not yeah, just the ball cut that's hurting him. You know, right. so I, I just think uh, he, he, he may be asexual. I mean, you know, he just I, that's kind of what I think too, but I don't like that. I'm not yeah. sure how they're going to play that out, but that, I think that could be a possibility as well. So, yeah. But we'll see how they how they play the rest of that character out. Um, but obviously, there's some issues between Mike and Eleven. Eleven has been lying to Mike the entire time in, in her letters. Uh, and that becomes painfully clear. And the other issue, though, is Mike has not been saying love Mike. He's been saying from Mike in, in her letters. And that's going to play a big part after the whole bullying scene. So let's go and talk about that bullying scene a little bit. So. They go to the skating rink on spring break. Uh, Eleven gets embarrassed at one point. I don't remember if it was in episode two or episode one, where she tries to like use her powers on the bully. She doesn't have them, obviously, and it just ends up being a another embarrassing moment because yeah. the bullies messed up her, her visual aid, which was an ode and an homage to her father, who she thinks is dead, uh, being David, Ho- uh, being Jim Hopper. Uh, but we get the scene in the skating rink where, you know, she, she's constantly, you know, uh, the bullies show up and I don't remember the bully's name, but they show up in the skating rink. And I believe it's Angela. I think you're right. So Mike says, you know, I can't, Oh, I'm glad you're here. Cause I want to meet her friends. And they're like, Oh yeah, your friends. And that's when they take her out onto the skating rink floor and they play wipeout and they throw the milkshakes on her. And this is where we get that reminder about, you know, she can be as as wonderful as she is and as great as she is you have the issue where she can be ruthless as well and she goes and grabs that skate and just hammers angela in the nose i was like and just when that blood starts like oh okay (laughs) i mean because i mean you felt it when she really did uh and you know and mike and will are just kind of in shock will probably not as much because he's been with her the entire time but mike is just you know horrified that that 11 would do that and that's when they had that whole discussion about you know uh he write he's writing from instead of love and she he's confronting her about lying to him about lying to him so there's a lot of issues going on there yeah and let's talk just briefly like will's character is another like he just sits there when she gets bullied yeah and doesn't really say he sits there when Mm -hmm. she's lot i mean like his character is just to sit there and and just make faces at her the whole time it's it's really weird with with that character especially but like i said maybe they're showing he's he's stunned he he doesn't he doesn't know how to act he he might actually be like 13 and you know or 12 or 13 yeah, that's very much could be the case. So, uh, like I said, just his characters, 
like I said, we, it's always been weird, and we never really haven't understood what they're doing with his character, especially since they haven't really addressed that much of the fact that he was being tortured by demons yeah, uh, for, yeah. for two years. So, uh, like I said, just weird, weird stuff there. Uh, now, at the meantime, though, you also have uh, Joyce and Murray who are getting on the who, who like track down this this uh they get the joyce gets this package from russia which is obvious she calls murray in to, to help and they start their trip to try to save to save hopper and uh what are we thinking about hopper being in russia i mean are we okay with how much they're keeping him there because i was kind of hoping they'd get him out a little quicker i'll be perfect yeah I, I think they need to get him out quicker and, and like the fact that we just saw him there in black widow it's just right. like, like David Harbour. You're like, really? All right. I in, know, fact, exactly. I, in fact, I saw someone tweeted him that said something like, if I had a nickel for every time I saw David Harbour in a, in a Russian prison, <laughs> I'd be a millionaire by now. Exactly. Tell me about it. So, uh, like I said, I'm ready for him to get back. It's yeah, we kind of talked about this at the beginning. Look, I think what they're doing with Joyce and, and Murray, I think is is fun. Yeah, it is. But let's get him back. Let's let's get Harper back. Yeah. Let's 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 get him back in in with the fold, and let's kind of get this thing going. Because, like I said, not having him, having him getting tortured by you know Russian military is just not that much fun to watch. I'll just be perfectly honest with you. Well, you know, part of the thing is how how good he is at being sarcastic and and, yeah. and being a leader. And right, you're completely missing that because he has he has that Harrison Ford you know, yeah, swagger about him and, and we're not getting it at all. Yeah. We're not getting that at all among the kids. No. So, uh, but once again, the story that makes that has my attention the most is the story that's going back and going on in Hawkins. So the main crew, uh, which is Dustin and um, Steve and Robin, they track down Eddie. They, they figure out where he is. They go to this boathouse thing where, where he's in hiding uh, and, and they find him. And then we get that really intense scene where he jumps out of the boat with that broken bottle and he's got it up to Steve's neck. Uh, yeah. and, uh, so just great introduction between the two of them because Steve doesn't yeah. seem to just be real happy with having this whole idea of having Eddie around. But the one, th- but it just look, the best part of this since they have introduced Steve and Dustin and then adding Robin into it, Whenever those three are together, it is just absolutely wonderful to watch. It, it really is. What they've done with Steve's character, who was the the villain, right? You know, of, of the first season, and then turned him into maybe the best character on the show. Yes, mm-hmm. it's it's just crazy. And like you said, anytime those three, just their back and forth and their banter, and you know, Robin. I guess Robin came in the last season, right? Yeah, she came in third season. Like, mm-hmm. what a great addition she was, right? Because uh, she's just. A whole other ball of wax and just has so much going on with her and she's all she's just funny and yeah, she so, is. like you said it's it's like a like a little a little fun fun scooby-doo thing going on with those three yeah it, it really is i just love watching them on screen they are what they do together is great uh but in the meantime while all this is going on you kind of you have nancy who is trying to figure out what happened to what happened to chrissy she's doing her sleuth thing through the newspaper she's kind of got her nancy drew going on uh, but in the process, this ends up getting Fred dies in the process, who is her uh, who is her editor in chief at the at the high school paper. But it's the same thing. Chrissy was dealing with some kind of trauma, even though we don't. It has something to do with her family. 
something with her family and we don't exactly know exactly what it was but something some type of trauma in her family uh fred is dealing with this trauma about a car accident we don't know if he caused it if he was in it whatever it was but whatever it is it doesn't, but, look, it doesn't look good no it doesn't look good so that's the trauma he's dealing with and this is how vecna uses to get to him and he does the exact same thing he does to chrissy and she he ends up getting killed and this is when robbins dustin and steve they meet up with with uh, Nancy at the crime scene when she's getting interviewed by the police. So that's when they kind of adopt her into their fold. Now, uh, in the process of trying to find out who did this, she talks to Max's, not, not Max's, uh, Eddie's uh, dad. What was his dad, right? Yeah, it was his dad. Yeah, that was his uncle. Yeah, okay. I think it was his uncle. I can't remember if it was his uncle or his dad, but his uncle. And, you know, she learns about this uh, other person that's in the, I, I don't remember the guy's name. Do you remember his name? Yeah, I don't either. Uh, it, it's some it, Krill. Yeah, I, I can't remember what it is either, but you're right. It's Krill. So she learns about him, and that's when she wants to go do some more research on him. So when they're trying to get, they're, they're mapping out their plan to figure out what it is, what's going on. Uh, she goes and, and tries to investigate about this guy. Uh, and originally Steve is going to go with her, but they're in are kind of, this is where they're kind of sitting at this possibility of Steve yeah. and Nancy getting back together. You think they're going to play that out? Uh, yeah, that that's going to be played out. Cause they're really, they're really putting out those vibes. And is it, uh, Max with them as well? Yes, that's right. You're right. Max is with them as well. I forgot about that. Max is with them as well. Uh, so she's with them as well. So you got all the, you, like I said, the Hawkins crew is the ones that makes this thing interesting to me. Uh, I oh, just yeah. love, I love what they're doing. I love everything that's going on with them. Uh, and this is when, after they realize that uh, they kind of put some things together, this is when we get that great scene where Dustin is explaining to Eddie about you know and just the entire crew is really explaining it for the most part where but he's talking about how you know the rumor that hawkins is haunted uh and he's like yeah you're not they're not too far off and they talk about this uh other world and how there's a crack in it and how they had this girl with superpowers who kind of solved yeah. everything for him but you know they'll be okay <laughs> yeah she's not with us this time but she will be okay yeah, oh and also uh there was another funny scene right before this where Dustin is taunting uh, Steve that you're jealous that I have an older friend, not you. Yes, exactly. And Steve looks a little jealous. <laughs> he does kind of look a little jealous. Uh, so like I said, one of the great things though about that is having Robin and, and Steve working in family video, we get all these great Easter eggs for all these eighties movies, posters oh, yeah, and yeah. movies. Uh, Cause uh, there was a lot of them there. I, I can't even start the list of all the ones that they dropped in there, but that was one of the great things about that. Um, but I love the, you know, that whole scene where they're, they're explaining to Eddie everything that's been going on and everything that they've had to deal with. Uh, and it is obviously going to go back to this Creel guy as well, because, I mean, it's like I, said, I don't know how much they're going to play that out, but it seems like that's some type of a gateway that this Vecna character, because that's they name him Vecna based off of the Dungeons and Dra Dragons game that they played. You know, when I heard Cult of Vecna, I was like, oh, great, another cult. <laughs> yeah, it always goes back to it, man. It always goes back to a cult. So uh, 
but just good stuff here and the third episode is the shortest of all the episodes and this is the one and it's like you said max is uh, the girl playing max whose name is uh sadie Sa- sink sadie sink yeah she's doing just a really really wonderful job in this because she has she's dealing with a whole lot uh she's obviously that the, they keep referring us back to her brother's death and everything that 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 she's having to deal with along with that so there's they're showing us all the trauma that she's dealing with that she ends up going to the counselor because they know that uh, she reveals that she saw Chrissy coming out of the counselor's office that that day or two before spring break ended uh, began. Uh, and so she goes to the counselor to try to get some information. Obviously the counselor is not going to tell her because you know, the whole, you know, protective stuff, uh, client patient privilege, even though it's technically not client patient. Yeah. It's the same yeah. principle that, that governs that. Uh, so the counselor won't tell her anything, but she ends up stealing the keys and they end up going and breaking in. But all the meanwhile, and I kind of glossed over this, you got Lucas in the basketball team. Once Jason realizes that the main suspect is Eddie, he is in a hunt to try to track down Eddie. Uh, yeah. And they're really on the hunt. They really are. They say they don't want to kill him, but it seems pretty obvious that that's not necessarily the case. Yeah. Uh, but one of the things I like about this is because we really don't know what Lucas is thinking at this time. We don't know how, how much he is attached to his friends versus how much it is he's attached to the basketball team. We're not real sure at this point, but when he ends up taking them to Hopper's cabin, that's when you realize, okay, he's still with, yeah. with his crew at this point. Uh, yeah, you, you're right though. You weren't sure. Cause he, he was, yeah, he, he did kind of look concerned when, you know, when they were looking for Dustin, but yeah, right. you're right. So he kind of diverts them and he go up, buys them some more time. Uh, he takes them to Hopper's cabin. And that's where, like I said, that's where they kind of give you the, the idea that he still is with his friends. He's not going to abandon or betray them, at least not at this point anyway. Maybe he does later on. I haven't seen the rest of them, but maybe he does later on. Uh, but so they ended, so like I said, Max ends up stealing the keys from the counselor and they break into the office. And this is when they discover that every victim that Vecna has had so far has had something to do with trauma. Uh, and we see Vecna kind of like start to creep into one of the members of the basketball team as well uh, when yeah, they're yeah. On, their, on their hunt. So uh, I don't know how they're going to play that out, but if, if he ends up being the next victim, but it becomes really clear when they, when they, break into the counselor's office that this is that Max is going to be on Vecna's list at some point. And we have that creepy clock that shows up. Yeah, that was creepy. Uh, yeah, like I said, I don't know what the clock stands for or mentions, but it, it shows up for all of Vecna's victims. So the clock obviously means something. But while all this is going on, you got back in California, 11 gets arrested. Uh, they won't let they won't let uh, Jonathan, Will, or or Mike see Eleven because that's not her parents, uh, and she's being taken into to juvie. Now, one thing I will say, on the road to juvie, it seems like they're taking her like a hundred miles away. Yeah, I know. Really, usually juvie is like next door. You're it's right like next door, that. exactly. And like there's on this deserted road, and like where are yeah, they taking yeah. her to? Like a maximum security juvie what are we doing here? right 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 uh but nevertheless i mean that's when that's when uh dr owens shows up and i kind of felt like it's like for for a moment there's like is dr owens gonna be a bad guy in this yeah he kind of, he kind of looked like he was going to be 
yeah, but that what ends up not being the case. What, I love this this scene of Dr. Owens and Eleven at this diner because I think one of the things they really want to try to hammer home is this idea of people being forced into things against their will. Uh, that's the, kind of a, a, a larger social theme of today's world and today's issues. Uh, and Dr. Owens is telling her, you know, uh, she says, you know, what's going to happen to me? Am I going to be arrested? Am I going to go to jail for, he's like, I know we'll like that skating ring thing away. And he's like, he tells her, you know, we might could get you your powers back, uh, but you know, it's not going to be easy. It could, it could fail. And if it does fail, it could be disastrous. Anybody tells her, he says, look, you've been told what you're going to do for your entire life. If you want to do this, come with me and we'll do it. If not, we'll take you back home. Uh, so he gives yeah. her a choice in this. Yeah, and I was going to say, you know, shout out to Paul Reiser. Always enjoyable to see him in anything. Yes, he is. And I like over this series, you know, they've done a good job of casting actors who became famous in the 80s. You know, Winona Ryder, right. Paul mm-hmm. Reiser, Matthew mm-hmm. Modine, Sean Astin, uh, Carrie Elways was on yeah. the last season. So, yeah, he was. you know, I, I like I like how they keep adding these people. Yeah, I think I think it's a nice touch that they're doing with that. Yeah, Just kind of bring the '80s back since they're this is set in the '80s, so I like that a lot too as well. So, uh, but after we get the scene where he you know tells Eleven that we're going to uh, uh, give you your powers back if you want them, it's a pretty apparent that she's going to do whatever it is that she needs to to possibly get her powers back. But we go back to the Hawkins and she's walking down the hall and she sees that clock in the wall, and that's when you just realize that. Our time may be limited with Max. Like, I don't know what they're going to do with the character of Max. I think you said you've watched a little bit ahead. So you you may have an idea at this point. But at this point, I don't know. I'll never tell. (laughs) Uh, And that's kind of where we are with with, uh, this first. And like I said, this is the obvious closing of the first act. Uh, When I watched this on Sunday night, I was like, this is probably the best stopping point that we we can get. So Yeah, it it was a great stopping point. And let me just say, you know, listen to you describe it again and just talking about, man, I love this show. Yeah, I know it's, there's, it's good. We, we, there's some issues with it, but overall, it's it's a great, great show. And I wanted to, you mentioned something. They do a good job of throwing out stuff. They, they know young people are watching this, but they give stuff for people our age and older because, right. like you mentioned, the video store. So Steve keeps talking about how people are returning fast times at Ridgemont high right at, at 53 minutes. Yes. And if you know anything, there's a yeah. famous um, swimming pool scene for that movie. Exactly. So mm-hmm. you know, that's like an Easter egg for the people our age and older. So, every, right. you know, <laughs> yeah. So I, I just, I just love that. Yeah. It, it's, it's wonderful. And like I said, there's, just, there's a lot of good things. Like there, it's like you said, there are issues with the show and some of the issues that are beyond their control. I mean, there was not a whole lot they could do once COVID hit and they were always yeah. going to have this issue of the kids looking older than they're supposed to and right. trying their best to make them look younger, you know, to some degrees they've been successful, some degrees they have not been successful. So uh, you have those issues. So there's a lot going against this show for this season, but for the most part, I think they've done a pretty good job. I do too. I think I think the Duffer brothers are really good. They're, yeah, they they're great storytellers. I'm interested to see what they do after this. I feel for them trying to wrap this up where people are going to like it because I think this is going to be hard. I think this is going to be a finale that's going to have a lot of scrutiny on it. I'm talking about the series finale yeah, next about year. This season. Yeah. Yeah. So, but uh, I think they've done a great job of storytelling. Uh, they've great job of casting, you know. So I'm, I, I can't wait to see where it goes. 
Yeah, I can't either. So, all right. Shall we do our weekly awards then? Let's do it. All right. Tyrion Lannister. This is a hard one just because. This was really hard. I mean, this entire show is, it's, it's a, it's a ensemble based cast. There's no, there's no real main character. Uh, there are some that well, play I, more important roles at times, but it's no real yeah, main character. But I would say in previous seasons, Eleven yeah. and Hopper right. could have been, you know, this. But this one was much harder. They're really sharing the load on this. So who did you go with for your Tyrion Lannister? So I did Cobe, and I went. I thought Eddie just owned the first episode, right? Mm-hmm. And part of the second, and then I went with Max. I thought, like we've mentioned, uh, Sadie Sink. You know, she she is really showing her skills as an actress and like someone to be reckoned with. And like I said, of the younger people, I, I wouldn't have thought this before this, but I think she may be the best of the actresses. Yeah. The best of the actors. And she she's who I went with as well because I think she is have I think she has the hardest role in this in this one just mm-hmm. because she yeah. has that she has to portray that trauma. She has to portray the difficulty that she's going through. And also once she get at the end of episode three, when she realizes that she is probably going to be on Vecna's list, I think that's a, that's something else that's weighing on her. So I love what she's doing. And I think it's great. I mean, and she's out there by her lonesome a lot throughout, especially like the first right. episode. Uh, so she's, a lot of heavy lifting. Yeah. She does. She has to do quite a bit in this. Uh, you're Agatha all along. What's your best scene of the first three episodes of stranger things? You, you talked about earlier, but I, I love the Eddie and Erica D and D. Yes, the D and D with the basketball in the background, and I, I just thought that that is what makes this show different, and it makes it so much fun. Yeah, uh, I ended up going with the speech that Eddie gave at the cafeteria. I thought that was uh, that was great too. So, I, um, I thought about that one as well. There's a lot of good ones. I mean, you could have gone with the the milkshake thing at the skating rink. I mean, because that's just such yeah. a huge, important part of these first three episodes. Uh, you could have done that. I'm trying to think some other ones that you could have gone with. Uh, you could have gone with the speech that Dustin was given to Eddie about uh, how Hawkins is haunted. Uh, yeah, that was yeah. a good scene. So that was. Uh, what is your line of the week? The, uh, the If you come at the... Uh, King, you best not miss the best line of the week. So I went with what Mike said to Eleven in her response, where he said, "You're a superhero," and she said, "Not anymore." Yeah, I thought that was the best line too. That's what I went with as well, just because I think that that shows just you know Eleven has always been able to rely on the fact that you know even if she doesn't understand how friends work and she doesn't understand how boyfriends and girlfriends work, she doesn't understand how people relate to each other. She always knew that she had these powers and that would always make her special and important. And now she's having to adjust to society without those powers. And I think she's struggling with it. And I think that's one of the things that really shines through in this. I think that's a really important line. So I'm going to go with the same one as well. (laughs) All right. So we have to rate where we currently are with the fourth season of game of not game of Thrones, uh, stranger things. Uh, the top of our list is a game of Thrones, which is what I was trying to get to. Uh, if it's the best of the best, we give it a game of Thrones. If it is just below a game of Thrones, we give it a lost, uh, middle of the road is friends. Uh, just below friends is a full house. And at the bottom of the barrel is a Baywatch. Where are you so far in stranger things season four? I'm going to go with loss. I really like this show. I think we've talked about some of the issues, Mm -hmm. uh, but you know, I I haven't finished everything and we still won't finish it till July. 
Right. So, but uh, it it could get to Game of Thrones. Uh, I don't think it will get below the loss unless they really tank it. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I think I'm I think I'm good with keeping it a loss here. I debated it just because I mean I'm just enjoying this season as much as I've enjoyed season three or season one. Mm-hmm. To me, it's yeah. better than season two. Uh, and season three and season one are all Game of Thrones for me. So I was like, should I give it a Game of Thrones? But I always feel it's weird to give a nine episode season a Game of Thrones when it's just a third of the way through. I feel like I need to see yeah. a little bit more before I go ahead and go to that point. So I'm going to stick with the loss for now, but I'm really close to a Game of Thrones. Yeah, so. I, I'm with you. And, I, I, you know, I, I will really be looking forward to, to the next season. I was going to say, supposedly the budget for each episode is like $30 million, and they're yeah. using it. The yeah, monsters, everything looks better this season. Yeah, it does. Everything looks great this season. It's been a fun season to watch, and I can't wait to watch more of it. So, yeah. all right. This episode of the week uh, is uh, the things that we are looking forward to. So, do you have anything you want to specifically shout out that we're looking forward to? Yeah, I will. Uh, I'm going to see uh, the the legend Garth Brooks this weekend. Oh, are you? So, I'm okay. really looking forward to that. And I, this will be my second time seeing him. I think he was the best person I've ever seen live. He just, he's, an incredible performer and anytime you could see someone and I'm, I don't listen to country music anymore, but uh, I, I love his music. And anytime you can see someone like him perform, uh, I've, I've seen Jimmy Buffett. He's incredible. Uh, Dave Grohl is another one, but these, anytime you can see these guys that just know what they're doing, take advantage of uh, I will say there's two things I'm looking forward to. Um, one, I'm going on vacation <laughs> on yeah. Friday. Actually, in the past of when uh, we're leaving Friday and you'll be listening to this, I think I'm probably going to schedule it to go out on Sunday. So I'll be like in day two or three of my vacation by the time you listen to this. Uh, so I'm headed on vacation with Destin. Uh, and so you're actually not going to hear any more podcasts for probably about a week. So it's going to be a little bit of time for Ryan and I can get back together to record. Uh, so it'll be a little bit of time. So, But I'm looking forward to that. But the other thing I'm looking forward to look i'm a marvel guy but i have not known what to do with miss marvel and it's coming out on wednesday the 8th oh, wow. the early reviews are that are coming in or the early reactions are like this is really good stuff and like i said i i wasn't expecting that i'll be perfectly honest with you when I, when the early reactions came out i thought people were going to be thinking oh this is high school drama stuff right and that's not what's coming out uh the early reaction stuff is coming out. They're talking about it being, you know, she's the next Peter Parker uh, and all this type of stuff. So I'm really looking forward to seeing what this show is, because like I said, it, I had an idea of what it was going to be. And like I said, this could just be a few people giving their early reactions and it's not really emblematic of what the show actually is, but it's the, the early reactions I'm seeing are talking about this being a, a classic, great marvel show so like well that's great to hear it is because like i said i really had no idea what to do with this show when when it came out so like i said we don't have any plans on right now covering we may cover it after the entire season ends uh but right now like i said we've we've kind of been playing wait and see on this so and we're still going to play wait and see on it so uh we'll we'll discuss more of what we're going to do with it after uh it's been out for a little bit so uh so that's kind of my things that i'm looking forward to so uh anything else you want to add before we head off Appreciate everybody joining us, and we'll talk to you next time. Yes. Oh, hold on real quick. Uh, what we're discussing when I do get back from vacation, we know we will do the fourth episode of Obi-Wan. We know that. Uh, we're thinking probably doing uh, the second half of 
Hacks Season 2. Uh, we may get to the rest of uh, Stranger Things. So if, if you're looking for something to watch to make sure that you're staying caught up with us, those are probably the three things you want to keep your eye on, if I were, if I were to tell you. But uh, like I said, it'll just depend on what I can watch while I'm on vacation. So uh, just to give you a little heads up about that. So, uh, But I'll echo those same sentiments that Ryan had. And uh, as we head off into the sunset, until next time, may all of your entertainment dreams come true.